you guys are in for a treat today because I am interviewing our very own Lift to Get Lean coach, Lisa DeLuca. Lisa is a true gem and I don't know what I did to get Lisa into my life, but she is absolutely one of the most supportive and knowledgeable coaches in the industry. And we're talking today about reaching your goals even when you are going through and have gone through menopause. Lisa is 49 years old. She has a tremendous physique and not that it matters or that you need to be lean, but Lisa's living proof of what is actually possible. And today we're talking about how she reaches her physique goals um, after going through menopause. She also explains to us her own personal journey dealing with hormonal issues, dealing with a lot of food intolerances, and dealing with thyroid issues. So of course, of course that comes back to hormonal problems. But Lisa really took ownership of her health and her wellness. When she didn't like the answers that she was getting from her doctor, she sought out other sources and she is thriving. She is literally thriving um, in her own, reaching her own personal goals and also helping our clients reach their goals. So we talk about what she is telling most of our clients, what most people need to hear. She is giving away all of her not so secrets and you are just going to get to know Lisa a little bit better here. And of course, of course we have to talk about reverse dieting because we both preach reverse dieting. So if you are interested to know about that process, you are going to hear a little bit more about it today. So please enjoy this message. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. We are in for a treat today because you get to chat with and hear um, Coach Lisa today. So Coach Lisa is on the Lift to Get Lean team, and I don't know what I did in my lifetime or a previous lifetime to have the honor of attracting her into my life. But let me tell you guys, she is the best coach, and she truly cares for our clients um, like she goes above and beyond for each and every one of them. So I'm so grateful for you, Lisa. I think you know that, but I'm going to tell you every opportunity that I get. <laughs> so beyond that, um, Lisa is a coach with me. She's a nutrition coach, but she also has what I like to call a real job. And she also has a family. She is a mom as well. So Lisa, can you tell us the different hats that you wear in your life? Sure. And first of all, I feel the same way. I don't know what I did to become part of your tribe, but I am so blessed to be there. Um, So yes, I am a wife. I'm a mom. I have two boys. They are 14 and 11 and they are very active. They keep me busy. I'm also working full-time at a university where I'm the director of undergraduate career services in the business school, which means I really help seniors find jobs. And looking at resumes is my specialty. I could, I could spot a mistake a mile away. So, but I really enjoy helping them figure out what they want to do and how to get there. 
So I think helping people just seems to be the theme of my life. Yeah, um, you were like born to be a coach, apparently. <laughs> of, of any way, shape or size, yeah. whether you help you find your, your career goals, your, your life goals, your fitness goals. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fantastic. So the reason I'm having Lisa come on today, besides just being able to brag about her, is because Lisa has gone through a lot of stuff in her own wellness journey. And much like Rich, who I talked to last, like to look at Lisa, she is the vision of health and wellness, but it wasn't easy to get there. But we're going to talk about what all she went through, how she had to take ownership of it, and how she didn't let those things and these circumstances, um, you know, allow her to play a victim. She didn't use them as excuses, because I feel like you could have just sat back and said, well, this is how it is. My gut's a mess. This is the stage of life that I'm in. But like Lisa, I love when I share pictures of Lisa because Lisa is ripped. She is lean and she's an adult. And when I say someone's an adult, I mean, they're over 40. Um, Lisa, can you tell everyone how old you are? I know that's not a nice question to ask, but I'm proud of your age and my age. How old are you? I'm proud of my age too. I am 49 years old. 49 years old. And she looks like a 29 year old and but it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy to get there. So let's talk about all the issues that you have dealt with. What were your health concerns? Sure. And, you know, I was always relatively healthy. I mean, mm -hmm. other than seasonal allergies, no big deal, you know, rather healthy my whole life until, until probably my early forties. And, you know, and that's when now that I look back, that's now when I probably started going through perimenopause and the changes of life. But okay. I was also coming out of a very, very stressful period of my life and feel like once the stress in my life calmed down, my body then released all the tension I had been holding and all the stress I've been holding. I mean, I know we both know the book, the body holds, this keeps the score. Wow. It did. <laughs> and, you know, first I started with, um, my thyroid, mm -hmm. literally within a month of my life calming down, I had a huge nodule sticking out of my neck. Like I went from healthy to not healthy pretty darn quickly and, you know, quickly had thyroid surgery. Um, thank goodness it was not cancerous, but the node literally took up half my neck. And so I got to the point where if I yelled at my kids and I'm a yeller, <laughs> My throat would hurt for hours. It was starting to hurt to swallow so that I had to have it removed. And, you know, once that was removed, my doctor was like, you'll be fine. You have a half a thyroid. It'll kick in. It did not kick in. Like <laughs> I, I felt worse by the day and, you know, had to take charge and find a doctor who was going to listen to me. Like, I, I don't care what my labs say. I'm not well. <laughs> and found a really good endocrinologist. It took a couple of months of playing around with the medication, but got to a good point and started to feel somewhat like me again. Mm -hmm. And then my period started getting wonky. Like I had them more than I didn't have them and I wasn't sleeping well. And you know, the perimenopause hell kicked in for the next you know year or two. And my doctor would be like, oh, you're fine. Do you wanna go on birth control? Oh. No, I don't. Like I, <laughs> I wanna figure out what's going on and to make me feel better. <laughs> and then same thing, fire that doctor find a doctor who's actually going to listen to me and just randomly while I was still in the middle of that go on summer vacation 
sitting on the beach, I like to have a paper book in my hand on the beach and was reading the Suzanne Summers book about perimenopause. I don't know what made me pick it up. I love Three's Company. Maybe that was why. And, you know, read about her journey and she was on bioidentical hormones. I had never heard of this. I'm like, I don't even know what this is, mm-hmm. but it sounded interesting. If I could feel like a human being again, that would be great. And granted, I was not having the night sweats and all of the, the things you typically think of besides the bleeding almost all the time and not sleeping. I was a major bitch to everybody, especially my family. Mm-hmm. I can manage to hold it together at work. Mm-hmm. Once I came home, I was miserable. And like, I don't even like myself anymore. Like I, I can't live this way. Mm-hmm. And randomly in the book at the back, it says, you know, to find a doctor. And I'm like, let me look. And there was a, literally a doctor 15 minutes away, a woman doctor, an Italian woman doctor. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I have to check this out. Right. This is too good to be true. Still just being open. I'm like, I'm not committing to anything. You know, they do all the intake work, a lot of blood work and realize, you know, my, my progesterone is terrible. Not a surprise to me. I suffered with low progesterone and that's why I had miscarriages early on. Mm-hmm. My DHEA was terrible. Mm-hmm. My estrogen was actually pretty good, which makes sense why I wasn't having night sweats. But then she looked at my testosterone and she was like, how are you living? And you know, normal, if you Google testosterone levels for women, it's going to say something like 15 to 85, whatever the units are. This doctor prefers a little bit more optimal. They want like 150 to 300. Mine was seven, like oh, single my digit seven. I'm like, how do I even have muscle on my body? <laughs> like, Seriously. So I took that as a sign. I'm like, you know what? This might be for me. <laughs> wow. Let's try it. Started it. You know, it took about six months to start to feel some differences, mm-hmm. but again, didn't solve all my problems. Mm-hmm. My, and one big side effect for me though, on all this was acne. Mm-hmm. Everything comes through my skin and not like little pimples, like the big hormonal lumps yeah. that don't go away for weeks and weeks. And so that, that was not going away mm-hmm. and randomly met a woman through a friend who was going to a holistic nutritionist. And she had all these food sensitivities. And I'm like, you know what? Nothing's working on my skin. I need to heal it from the inside out. Yeah. And I went to that holistic nutritionist. And yes, I intolerant to dairy, intolerant to gluten, intolerant to soy, oats. But the big things were like sugar and pesticides. And I had aluminum in my, in my system. So I, and she's like, your, your gut's not well. <laughs> so that was the next area to tackle to heal my gut. And we know most of our immune system is in our gut. You know, I was starting to learn more about this at the time. And literally within four weeks of the elimination diet, I didn't even know how inflamed I was. I'm small. I, except I had big boobs at the time. I was a 34 triple D. What? Yeah. I went I, down I, to my notes. Lisa was a 34 <laughs> triple D. <laughs> went down to a 34 barely big that time. Like I was, it was just inflammation. Oh oh my God. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. I didn't even, I didn't even know. I thought I didn't know that I could feel better. Like that's all I knew not feeling well, but even that was just a piece of it. Right. Still my, my skin wasn't great. You know, it was better, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't great. 
still come figure it out. And then again, randomly, I, and I feel like when you say randomly, things come into your life at a certain time for a reason. Yes. So found this book called The Hidden Causes of Acne. Fluoride. Fluoride's in your toothpaste. It's in your mouthwash. It's in our water supply. Everything that's made with water has fluoride in it. I was like, holy cow, let's try this. I mean, I'm sensitive to other things, but probably sensitive to fluoride. Yeah. That was it. I mean, my husband buy a filter, especially for fluoride on our kitchen sink. I'm like, let's try it. That was it. My face cleared up. So it's like just constantly peeling back layers of an onion instead of just saying, oh, I'm in perimenopause. This is how it is. I'll go on birth control and, and suck it up. But, you know, really taking charge of your health. Absolutely. And, and that was the thing too, because I feel like so many of us maybe don't feel empowered or we don't know the questions to ask. So when the doctors say a doctor who you trust that you think has your best interest at heart, and they do, like, I know they do so only suggest going on birth control. That's what you think you're supposed to do. But then you would have never found out about your intolerances or maybe you would have, but still a miss, a layer would have been missed. So I have a question on um, the pesticides. How do you know what to get? I mean, do you have to always buy organic, Lisa? Yeah, I do. And I noticed because, you know, after I did the initial elimination, I was able to add a lot of that back in, but dairy was not one of them. Gluten was not one of them. But I would notice I would buy the Trader Joe's oats and I would start to break out. But if I bought organic oats, I would not break out. So really I'm, I'm sensitive to the chemicals and have since done one of the DNA tests. And I truly am, I, I have a variant in my genes where I'm more susceptible to chemicals. Hmm. Like, well, that makes a lot of sense now. Wow. Um, so let's see. So there's so much, so many questions that I want to talk <laughs> about this. So ladies, if you're listening to this, I know a lot of you are dealing with wonky periods. I know you are. I know you're bleeding probably more often than you want to, or maybe it's heavier than you want to. Um, I know a lot of you are feeling super irritable and I think a lot of times we feel that it's us. Oh, I'm just not getting enough sleep. Oh, I'm not whatever. But how did you know, how did you know, Lisa, that you needed to do something different? Was it just because you felt so bad or what was it? It was truly, I just felt so bad and I didn't like the answers I was getting from conventional medicine. Go Mm -hmm. on birth control. I'm like, I I don't need birth control. I'm in my forties. My husband's been snipped. I don't want to go on birth control. So there has to be another answer other than live with it. And, you know, just finally getting fed up with, with that and starting to do my own research and figure out what else was out there. What else could I try? Mm Because I would have tried almost anything. Absolutely. So with the bioidentical, this is something you're going to do for ever, right? Probably. Probably. Um, And you found your doctor like 15 minutes away. (laughs) Thank goodness for her. What was the turnaround time when you started your, your therapy? Um, probably, like I said, it probably took about six months to feel good. So Mm -hmm. the bioidenticals I'm on, I'm on the pellets. So there's multiple different types. Um, I'm on oral progesterone, but um, pellets for the testosterone and have since, since I've gone through menopause, actually need estrogen now. So now I'm on a combination. It's every three months. They um, insert it in one of your butt cheeks, you know, alternate butt cheeks every three months. I bet they keep going in there like, damn, Lisa, what are you doing? Because you guys, Lisa just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm like, your butt must be getting harder and harder and harder. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's, it's probably, there's a lot less cushioning back there than, than when we started. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been so, it's been so helpful, but it was, it's just a piece of it because it wasn't the answer to everything. Right. Well, and in case you guys missed it, so Lisa has gone through menopause and I want to point this out again because you don't have to settle for anything. You don't have to settle for anything less than feeling your best and looking your best. Not that there is, you know, you get to decide what looking your best looks like for you. But I love that Lisa truly took ownership because it's easy to let these circumstances be an excuse and hold us back. But you didn't do that. And I just love that you're a living example. So when did you go through menopause? When you were 47, eight? So menopause is officially when you have 12 months without a period. So Mm -hmm. that 12 months was a month after I turned 48. Okay. All right. So again, I'm just going to brag about Lisa. Lisa has gone through (laughs) menopause and she has um, probably a 12 pack. Not that you need to look like Lisa. I'm just showing you what's possible. It's unreal. Okay, now let's talk about this elimination diet. Did you do one thing at a time? No. So when the nutritionist gave me the the list of maybe like six things that I was really sensitive to, I eliminated all of them at once. Mm. And then went back maybe two months later and retested. And by then my gut was, you know, in a better place. And we were able to add everything back except the dairy and the gluten and obviously still the pesticides. We don't, we don't want those, but food-wise I was able to get the oats back in and the soy and, and other things, but it was those big rocks just aren't for me. Was that hard? Like honest, was this hard for you to do? Honestly, no. And I think, you know, I usually look at the bright side of things and choose to have an abundance mindset. Yes, I cannot have pretzels and I can't have ice cream, but there's a whole lot of stuff I can have. And there are so many options out there that are gluten-free or dairy-free. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're terrible. You know, not the best substitution, but, and I, there's a lot out there and I've learned to make my own. Yeah. After all that happened that Mother's Day, I asked for an ice cream maker because I love ice cream. Got an ice cream maker. I can make dairy-free ice cream, coconut milk. Boom you know, whenever I want it. So there's, there's always a way around it and not to say, oh, woe is me. It's an excuse. Well, and I think, you know, your mindset played a huge part in that. A lot of people, you know, oh, that's too much work. I'm never going to be able to figure that out. It's too much hassle, but you're worth that hassle. Who wants to be so irritable that they can hold it together at work, but then you come home and that's where, you know, your inner beast unleashes because you just can't anymore. That's not, that's not the way to live. Good for you. This is great. So um, let's talk about when you started strength training. I know that you lifted in college and I know your workout history, but let's talk about it in this time frame of, you know, you transitioning into perimenopause and what you were doing with your workouts. Because Lisa follows the lift to get lean plan. She strength trains, what, five times a week? Four or five. Four or five. She does kickboxing once a week. She gets her steps in pretty much every single day. So let's talk about the evolution of your training throughout this entire process. Sure. And just to give a little background, I actually started weightlifting when I was 18, as soon as I started college. And 
My start into weightlifting was hardcore. It was bodybuilding. <laughs> Boyfriend at the time was a bodybuilder. Somehow that's what I started doing. <laughs> you know, my gym was, you know, a, a gym above a garage in South Philly. So hardcore. I'm the only girl in there, whatever. And, you know, kept weightlifting my whole life, except, you know, I would say those years when I was trying to be a mom and a young mom and I went into more a maintenance phase where I wasn't lifting heavy. I would, you know, lift on the weekends, upper body, lower body, but maintained. And so I still had my muscle. I still have my abs. Um, (laughs) But as I, you know, the perimenopause years, I was switching more towards back to lifting heavy and being conscious about what I was doing, learning more about nutrition, um, you know, macros, making sure I was eating it enough. My problem was I was actually eating too much, but eating the right amounts of protein and the right amount of carbs and right amount of fat and really concentrating more on the recovery because as you know, I'm also a recovered over-exerciser. So learning to embrace the rest days so my body can actually recover. I think those were some big key players, you know, helping me through that process because I did notice, you know, even though I was already lifting and already paying attention to it, you know, I did get a little thicker around the middle. Mm. No one would probably notice, but I noticed, and I think it wasn't that dramatic because I was already doing the right things, maybe not exactly to the extent or the right macros, but I already had the the foundations in place. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's, it really is amazing what you've been able to create and then maintain. And like now you don't overdo it. It really isn't that hard. I don't want to discredit any of the effort that you, well, this stuff you've done with your gut and your hormones, that's really, really, really hard. But what you do for your physique, would you say it's hard? It's, it's simple. It's, it's simple. It's, lift and not in any particular order right lift walk eat right and sleep (laughs) I I know and you know Josh and I just talked about this and I almost feel guilty I don't even want to say it I feel guilty for how easy it is I know that we've earned our place in this ease but people want to complicate it so much but let us boil it down for you what Lisa said the big rocks lift, eat well, sleep, walk. It's unreal. So, okay, Lisa, here's the deal. Lisa and I are attracting um, the population that's going through this right now. And I absolutely love it because I feel like we can really, really help these women. Takes a lot of reprogramming, wouldn't you say? Oh my gosh, yes. Because I mean, we grew up in the 80s and 90s. Uh-huh. And then the message was horrible back then. Yep. So those of you who are, you know, let's say you are right now my age ish. Let's say you're 40 to 55 years old right now, because that's who we're talking to. I mean, that's who we're attracting. And I absolutely love it. What do you think are the biggest, what, what are the biggest misconceptions you see women coming in with? Yes. Oh, gosh, there's so many, but just a few, I mean, we're afraid of food. Yeah. Again, the programming was, you know, eat as little as possible, you know, as we were growing up. So one as a whole, women are not eating enough, especially protein. Mm-hmm. And we know that's probably the most important macronutrient. Women our age also grew up on cardio mm-hmm. and they are doing a shit ton of cardio. Mm-hmm. And 
I maybe do cardio once a week as my count that as my kickboxing. At this stage, as we get older, maintaining our muscle mass is key and even building it because we all hear our your metabolism slows down as you age, but why does it slow down as you age? Right. Because we lose muscle mass. So the more you continue to keep building muscle, your, metab- your metabolism won't slow down as much or at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, n- not exercising as much, mm-hmm. lifting weights, you're not going to become a man. Right. You're not going to be get bulky. It's really hard to put on muscle. <laughs> and <laughs> You, you hear like the bodybuilders are almost insulted when they're like, wait, a woman thinks she's going to pick up some 10 pound dumbbells and be ripped. Like it takes a lot of work. And again, nothing wrong with the 10 pound dumbbells, but no. at some point I do see women, like that's what they do. And it's like, you're stronger than that. Like push yourself. Yeah. Those and no one sleeps. Oh, I don't sleep. Yeah. And they're okay with that. Then sleep is so key. Sleep is where the magic happens. It's how you recover. It's how your body heals itself. And, you know, we could give you the macros. We could give you the workout. If you're not sleeping, it's not going to matter. Nope. Yeah. And again, so just to recap, the women are coming to us and we also work with men, but we're talking to the women that are 40 to 55 right now. They're afraid of food. So we have to reprogram that. And that is, I would say that's probably our biggest struggle. That's our uphill battle right there. Um, but yes, we grew up on the cardio. We've all done step aerobics. We've done Tybo. We've done <laughs> spinning. We have done, I mean, you name it, we've done it. And, and then we've done the hit classes and the lifting of the weights, whether it's the know-how or the fear of getting bulky. And you're absolutely right. Like the 10 pound dumbbells are a great place to start but then there does get to that point where you're simply just going through the motions and you're not doing what it takes to build the muscle and the sleep. It is the magic pill. And part of the reason you're not sleeping is because you're not prioritizing it. Like we don't have good sleep hygiene, but some of it could also be what's going on with your hormones. But I would first look at the sleep routine before we go diving into the hormones. Wouldn't you say Lisa? Oh, absolutely. The sleep routine can make such a big difference that, you know, your hormones, yeah, maybe they're bothering you, but it might not have that big of an effect if, you know, you, you're having your routine. I know for me personally, I'm very sensitive to blue light. So my blue blocking glasses go on, you know, at seven o'clock and, you know, my phone is off out of my hands by nine o'clock and I'm asleep by 10. Like if I, I notice if I start to stay on the phone longer or forget to put my glasses on. I'm not falling asleep any, you know, when I'm supposed to. Yep. That is so interesting because that's something I've worked on probably since last summer. And there I'll have moments of weakness. This happened the other night. And as it's happening, Lisa, I'm like, Kylie, what are you doing? I'm just observing myself, picking up my phone and opening up TikTok, which I have banned for myself because I, it's a rabbit hole. I can't get off. It was 10 o'clock at night. For some reason I opened up TikTok 45 minutes later, I'm like, Kylie, no. Again, I put my phone down. I close my eyes. My mind is racing. I didn't go to sleep till at least 12 that night. And I was like, oh, well, this is a good experiment. You know, this is good anecdotal information, but it's true. And if you're constantly on your phone right before you go to bed, that's exactly where I would start. Get off 30 minutes early. And that, I think, is one action item that you guys could start right now if you're struggling with sleep. 
Yeah. That's where the good stuff is. Yeah. So you also, because of your own history and your interests, you know, most of our coaches, we have um, just your regular certifications, whether it's through precision or an NASM um, nutrition cert, but you've, you've recently done like more of a holistic nutrition. Can you talk about that? What that program was for a minute? And I'll ask more. Sure. It was through the AFPA. I forget what the two A's stand for, but fitness professionals was the F and the P and it was a holistic nutrition certification. Mm -hmm. And because of everything I went through, that's really where my interest is, you know, how, you know, how foods could really help heal. And a lot of it is from a functional medicine perspective and looking at your body as a whole. And that was one thing I had noticed with me. Okay. We kept picking off different body parts and different things, but nothing was working until looking at the overall system and figuring out, you know, pimples, you know, acne cream was not going to help the pimples because that was just a symptom of something different Mm. and really getting to the root cause of issues and how to optimize health based on what you eat was really, really interesting to me. And, you know, been able to see how it comes into play because we're attracting more clients who might have um, autoimmune issues or gut issues and, you know, really being, being able to help them a little bit and understand what they're talking about and going through. Mm-hmm. Well, and to that point, you know, it's like, are we attracting more of those people or are there just more and what's going on in our environment that is causing, I say everyone to have these gut issues, to have these autoimmune things. I think it's really important, this work that you're doing. So with that, Lisa, what, what are some things that maybe we should all be looking for from a holistic nutrition standpoint? Or doing whole, yeah, eating whole foods, uh-huh. eliminating as many of the processed foods as possible. Mm-hmm. A lot of the processed foods technically aren't food; they're food-like products. Oh, yeah, and you know, as as best as you can, as most as you can, eating the whole foods will really help you. Eliminating sugars, not sugar from fruit. Your body reacts to fruit much differently because of the fiber and the micronutrients in fruit. Talking about the high fructose corn syrup, the the white sugar added to things because the sugar feeds the bad bacteria in your body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially in these times, you know, with 70% of your immune system in your gut, you don't want to be compromising your gut at this point. The whole foods, the fibers, the, the vegetables, they feed the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And so just making that change whenever you can choose the whole food product over the processed version, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're just setting yourself up for success that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think one thing that will get people to do this is understanding that your body burns more calories digesting these whole foods because of the fiber. Um, Processed foods are easy to digest. They break down more easily. So that thermic defective food that you hear us talk about, that goes down. Who wouldn't want to actually burn more calories while eating their food? And, you know, this isn't to say we are all about balance. We're not saying you need to go pull a Gwyneth Paltrow and, you know, eliminate all processed foods because they do serve a purpose in our lifestyle. Um, You know, sometimes convenience 
we need convenience. Those of you who are super busy moms and you got soccer practice and baseball practice and then this and then that, you got to have a protein bar. So we understand that. But the best you can eliminating things that come in boxes. Like I noticed too, Lisa, like you said, they're not even foods. They're manufactured so that Kylie can't stop eating Ritz bits. It has nothing to do with my willpower. It has to do with the combination of the sweet, the salty, the crunch, the flakiness. Like They're manufactured so that you go through that box. So we have to take our power back. I feel, I think that's one of the big overarching messages from this talk with you. Like you have to take control. I mean, there are food scientists who it's their job literally to engineer those things. So you are addicted to them and have to eat it. You know, I would love to interview one of them and see how they feel about themselves. (laughs) Are you happy? Are you happy with what you've done? (laughs) They're probably just fine. They They probably don't eat it. They probably know. (laughs) You know what? That would be so interesting to find out. I'm on the hunt. If you guys know a food scientist, holler at me. Okay, so I told you Lisa is literally, literally like one of the best coaches I've ever seen. Um, Part of it has to do with how much she cares. Part of it has to do with how much she knows. Um, And those two things together, I mean, you're absolutely unstoppable. What, What do you need to tell the people? What are the big things that, you know, you get on a phone call with the client and you're repeating yourself? What do people need to know? to be successful. Sure. So, I mean, if thinking in terms of our clients who are already in theory, working on sleep, getting their workouts in, working on getting their movement and working on their nutrition, nutrition is still the biggest piece because I know you've been on your soapbox lately. If you know, no matter what compliance is everything, if you're in a fat loss phase, if you're in a reverse diet phase, if you're in a muscle building phase, like compliance to your macros is, is key. Mm-hmm. And that makes a difference. I hear a lot. Well, it's not working. Can we change them? Are you hitting them? How are you hitting them? What are you eating? Because, you know, if you're hungry, maybe we have to look at the food you're eating. Are you eating whole foods or eating more processed foods, making some switches to things that are more filling versus less filling? Mm-hmm. Um, stress is huge. Stress keeps coming up. Again, you can have perfect macros, you can have perfect workouts. If you are stressed out, your body is not going to respond. So really that that's so key along with the sleep. And I feel like a lot of people underestimate the effect that stress has. How many calories does stress have? Exactly. We, we say that, but it, you know, you'll still be thick around the middle if you're not sleeping and you're stressed out. Yep. Um, let's talk about our client, Nicole who has really done the work this year. Nicole is one of Lisa's one-on-ones and she's prioritized the stress management. She's prioritized the sleep. She's incorporated the rest days. And Nicole's also a close friend of mine. And, you know, we were chatting the other day. She and I, I bet all of us listening to this, we have this mentality that if we don't work out at five o'clock in the morning, somehow that means that, you know, we're weak and we're not hard workers because that's how we grew up. Like you did your stuff. We are all, I would say everybody in our group is a hard worker. Oh, yeah. um, and so when she didn't go to that 5am workout, she would feel like she was a failure, but now she's understanding, no, my body needs sleep more than it needs a workout. Can you talk about the changes that you've seen in her physique 
with her doing that while eating more. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. I mean, she really, I'm really proud of her for doing that because she used to work out with two other women at 5 a.m. It was their thing. They were this dynamic trio (laughs) and, you know, Nicole was watching her macro. She was pretty compliant and, you know, not really changing. And when she realized she really needed to focus in on sleep a little bit more, sleeping in meant that she was not going to the gym with her friends anymore. And that was a big deal because it's a social event too. Mm -hmm. She started consciously working on her stress. And there are days when she wakes up, it's her time to go to the gym. And if she's tired or not feeling it, she'll just walk instead. You know, she'll be, she's already up, so she might as well do something, but she's not going to go lift heavy weights. She'll walk. And that's a lot more gentle on your system. And she's seeing the results because her physique is transforming like crazy now. And she's surprised because, okay, I'm working out less. I'm eating more and I look better. It is such a foreign concept. Like I wouldn't believe it either. I wouldn't believe it either if I didn't experience it myself and then see it in the women that we work with. I I understand it's counterintuitive to everything we've ever been taught. But, you know, this year, my big thing was it can be easy. And I'm trying to figure that out in all areas of life. Like it can be easy. It can flow if we just let it. Um, I can't believe we've made it towards the end. We even brought up reverse diet. What, Lisa? What? We have to talk about reverse dieting because number one, it is our, one of our passions. I'm going to put it as one of your passions because we know that it's part of the equation. You have to reverse diet if you're going to go into a fat loss phase. So if you're coming out of a fat loss phase, yes, you can't go from my diet's over and then go back to how you're eating. No, that's why people gain weight and they are constantly in this cycle. It's not you. You just don't have the you're not doing the, the, the next step. So let's talk about Lisa, your reverse diet journey. Lisa really did it this year because she went all the way up into muscle building macros. Um, and again, Lisa is a, is a small woman. She's petite. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you started eating, what you built your way up to, changes, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's been like a two-year journey because I've cycled through. So I ended my first fat loss phase, eating probably 1600 calories. So still not that bad, but 1600 calories Mm -hmm. and then reverse dieted. And I decided to go all in and go for muscle building. And that last year reversed up to was like 2250 calories. Okay. And, you know, put probably put a good three or four solid pounds of muscle on. Mm -hmm. After the muscle building phase, went back into fat loss to, to get the extra off of me, got down to, I was like, my fat loss max calories were like 1800. Okay. Still not bad. Nope. Um, so I ended fat loss last July at 1800, repeated the cycle, got up to 2,500 calories, this muscle building cycle. Uh-huh. And just started fat loss a couple of weeks ago at 1960 calories. I'm going to, let's repeat that for the people. Lisa, who is a whopping five foot, what? Three, five, three and 49 years old, 49 years old, weighing in at who cares, started a fat loss phase at 1960 calories. (laughs) Insert the mind blown emoji right here. (laughs) 
So, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. I'm not starving. I'm not doing, I'm doing one kickboxing class a week and walking no other cardio, no other craziness. I'm already down a couple of pounds. It's, you know, the first couple of pounds were honestly the water weight from the extra carbs, but it's been a steady, at least a half a pound a week, my average. So it's it's slow and steady how it's meant to be. Right. And hello people. If, if she hits a plateau, she's at freaking 1960. She's got some room to go down. Like she's not going to be starving if we even put her at 1800 again. Well, I might be starving, but and you don't need to tell us how much you weigh, but I don't care. Reverse. Um, what, what, what did the scale do? Did it, did it go? I'm assuming it went up a little bit, right? That's part of it. Yeah. So from reverse, so when I started the reverse at the end of my fat loss macros to when I actually hit what my maintenance number would be, mm-hmm. I gained two pounds. Two pounds. I mean, no one could tell. I couldn't even tell. It's two pounds. <laughs> and then from that point to the end of muscle building, it was another six. Uh huh. And again, I know a lot of it was water. When you're eating 300 grams of carbs, that's a lot of water. And I was also eating, you know, me, 70 grams of fiber a day. This <laughs> is the fiber queen. So I eat for volume and it was 70 grams of fiber. So I knew I was holding a lot of water, but during that time, I have never been as strong in my entire freaking life. I would text Kylie, my new PRs mean it's crazy. It's so crazy. And so like, this is the thing that we, we have to shout it from the rooftops. It's we're just suffering for no reason. Oh, and from last last fat loss uh, muscle building phase to this one, I dropped a pant size, even though I weighed more. Dropped a pant size, but weighs a little bit more. Yep. Um, so does it even matter what we weigh, right? Does it matter? No. It's like the number of how many calories you burned on your watch. I mean, it's a little more like hit grounding. I mean, but. And the more we put on muscle, our, our low weight yeah. is just going to get higher. But get our higher. bodies will be smaller. Um. And here's the other thing, friends, if you haven't ever ate at maintenance, you truly have no idea how great you can feel in your workouts, how strong you can feel in your workouts. Because if you're, if you're buying into the fact you, yes, I want to build muscle and you even, let's say you go to the gym and you get a trainer and you start learning how to do it and you're doing it with someone, you're not going to be able to do it unless you're eating enough. And it's then when the nutrition and the training pair up together, that's where the magic happens. Of course, with the sleep. Um, God, I can't wait for your pictures. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I feel like what you just said and remembering cardio is just not necessary, especially if you want to build muscle, that's that's going to hinder you. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it just makes you hungrier. So if you are doing cardio and, or if you're in a fat loss phase and you're doing cardio, and you can't hit your macros, it's because you're just, it's because you're hungry. And also you're not getting the payoff from that cardio that you think you are. It's not burning as many calories as you think. Wow. This is great, Lisa. Anything else that you feel the world needs to know all 120 people who listen? (laughs) Keep it simple. The, The four basics, you know, watch, watch your sleep. Make sure you're, you're lifting, you're moving. I mean, those steps, I mean, how important are those steps really? If we saw everyone with lockdown, 
stop moving. And where do you think the COVID-15 came from? No, no one was moving anymore. Exactly. I was on the phone with a client yesterday and she finally got a watch. You know, I think a lot of people, they, they're afraid they're going to get addicted to that number. Again, it's just information. It's just information. It was truly what I suspected. I said, so what was it? And I knew it. She's like, if I don't pay attention, if I don't, if I'm not intentional, she gets three to 5,000 steps in per day versus, you know, a year, well, two years ago when, you know, she was going to this school and driving all over town to visit schools and be in classrooms and walking all day through the halls of the classroom, definitely hitting at least 10,000 steps. I mean, you know that yep. three to five hundred, three to 5,000. That's exactly Lisa. Yes, you're absolutely right. That's where the COVID-15 came from. And it's okay. It's okay if you gain weight, but you don't need to freak out and overcorrect. You just need to get to step in. Yep. Watch what you're eating, making sure you get your protein in. Because especially as we get older, the muscle building is so much, so important to keep up our metabolism, to keep up our bone density, all of, there's so many benefits besides just how you look or what the scale might say. Mm -hmm. Well, and to your point, let's talk about what you said in the beginning or towards the middle there's a reason our metabolism slows down at a certain age, but it doesn't have to be that way. You and I are only getting older, just like everybody else, but we're building our metabolism. Our metabolism has not gone slower. It's built up. So whether, and there's nothing special about Lisa and I, as much nope, as I you know, I tell people, people that we're not special snowflakes. Sorry. Not special <laughs> snowflakes. Um, no. There's nothing as wonderful as Lisa is. (laughs) You know, she's, she's not some genetic freak. She's done the work and you, I have shared her pictures. There's pictures where you look like a regular mom. And then there's pictures where you look like a fitness model and not that there's anything wrong with a regular mom versus a fitness model. It's just, she's not doing extreme things to get, physique to look the way it looks except extreme consistency you do what you say you're going to do yes and that hold is myself accountable yeah you hold yourself accountable thank goodness because we need you i like we we need women like you to look up to we need women to show us what's possible and i think that's really our big mission with lift to get lean just to show people what's possible you don't realize how good you can feel or even look until you, you start making some of these small changes. Yeah. And everyone comes to us wanting to change the outside, but what, what do they really need to fix? Oh, the inside needs to be, the changes will come on the outside. Once the inside is fixed, once you, you start to learn to like yourself, mm-hmm. not even going to say love yourself, but like yourself, treat yourself kindly, stop that negative talk. Cause you know, our body hears our thoughts. Absolutely. It does. Like you said, that book, the body keeps the score. Okay. We have to talk about one more client. Should we say her name? We should, um, <laughs> Michelle, because again, those of you who are afraid of reverse, like this is, we don't need to give the whole backstory, but Michelle, um, has started her reverse diet. Can you explain what has happened in the last two months with Michelle? Sure. So, I mean, Michelle had been in fat loss for most of her adult life, as a lot of women we know, off and on, inconsistent, what have you. The the programming runs deep in Michelle. And, you know, not just myself, but the whole coaching team finally convinced Michelle 
why not try a reverse diet? You're not losing weight and fat loss. What do you have to lose at this point? And thankfully she trusted us. And two months into her reverse diet, she is down over 10 pounds. She has way more energy and she is now <laughs> lifting heavier than either of us are on some of these lifts. She is outrageously strong and she's just coming into her power. And it's, it's amazing to watch. It is. And that is, again, that is the hardest part of our job. The reprogramming. Those messages have been coming at us for ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And, but if you can trust us, like we truly do have your best interest at heart, we will never, ever, ever stray you away. And whoever you're working with, that is the case. Your coach only has the best interests for you. So when they tell you, you know what, now's not a good time for fat loss for you. Like, listen to them. I mean, I have had several coaches on the podcast and they all, they all just want the best for their clients. So I know it's hard. I know it's scary, but that's our emotional brain taking over our, you know, our slow thinking brain. And that's why getting a coach is so, I think, important. Just take the decision-making out. You just follow the directions. Cool. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Yes. Lisa is wonderful. You can connect with us on the social in our groups. We're going to have another group starting um, on May 17th. I'm going to get the registration up for that this weekend. So yeah, you know where you can find us. Lisa, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. You too, Kylie. I'll talk to you soon, my friends. All right. Bye. Bye.